I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The 11 to 1 show. Spooky season is approaching, but do we parents overdo it? More on this after Phil Collins on 11 to 1. Phil Collins, easy lover. Oh, easy like a Monday morning again. Oh, no, that's a Sunday morning, Sinead. I know, I know, I know. It's back to Monday again, but do not fear because I have lots of distraction in store for you if you are feeling the Monday blues. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of the blues, if you get the winter blues as well, the experts have discovered something very interesting that could beat the winter blues. More on that shortly, but... Spooky Halloween season is approaching and that means decorations, costumes, trick-or-treating and the annual visit to a pumpkin patch. And you know, just even reading that out, I'm thinking the effort that I and my husband put in for the kids for Halloween is just unreal. And I'm thinking that my parents had the right idea. Oh, bring us back to Halloween in the 80s because they really did have the right idea. You know, an apple on a string, you had to try and chomp it. Number one, that gave you entertainment for ages. Number two, we were getting our, well, at least one of the five a day. I mean, genius. Snap apple, fantastic. A few coppers flung into a bowl and a swimming cap. I mean, sure, there's a massive health and safety issue there, but again, entertainment. You know what I mean? There was no fancy costumes either. I bought my son's Halloween costume. I kid you not, it cost over 30 quid. I know I'm absolutely mad in the head, but, you know, the way I look at it is now, he can wear it for the rest of his life now. You know what I mean? That's just so I can get the money's worth out of this. But back in the day, Halloween costumes meant a black bag. And if you were lucky, a plastic, really ridiculously colourful mask that cracked at the bottom or, you know, the elastic string that was supposed to kind of go around your head, that snapped when you got to, like, door number two when you were trick-or-treating. But look, at it, it worked. It did the thing, you know. Now it's all unicorns and Mario Brothers. But back in the day, everyone was just a witch. <laughs> the black bags. As for trick-or-treating, Mum and Dad certainly were not going with us while we were sent off to beg for sweets on our own. There was a great few houses as well. In our area, particularly in the cul-de-sac, you're always sure of getting something really class up there, like a can of Coke, Tato and a bar. You know, these people that give you a few things like that was like, what? Mind blown. Uh, Also, you kind of said thanks very much to the stingy ones who gave you an apple. I mean, kids nowadays would be like, I got an apple. They'd be disgusted. Back then, we'd more manners, didn't we? Yeah. Well, there was no pumpkin patch for us this year, but I did go to the Causey Farm Puka Spooka Trail which was absolutely brilliant. But I mean, you know, after all the fun that we endured for the day on Saturday, at the very end of it, my son says, oh, we didn't get a pumpkin. I mean, the more you give them, the less impressed they are. Do you find this? We're going to all this. Oh, sorry, I just gave up my Saturday to traipse around this fantastic trail. And you're, you're, you're cribbing and crawling now in the back seat that there's no pumpkin. I mean, bring back the black bags and an apple on a string. Simpler, simpler times Halloween was. Now it's gone too mad. It's gone way too mad. And we're there trying to make memories and they're, they're just not impressed. Do you know what I... And it goes for everything. Not even just Halloween, just everything. You know, you kind of go, oh, wow, isn't that amazing? Oh, my God, look at that. You know, and they're like, oh, yeah. They're <laughs> 
It's like they're not impressed by anything. Anything. Like there was a fantastic magician. Uh, his name is Kalen. Uh, Belfast magician, I think he is. Uh, or magician Belfast, maybe on Instagram. I'll double check that. But he was absolutely fantastic. Like my little mind was blown with some of the tricks. He was class. And half the kids there were just like, oh yeah. Like they've seen it all before and you're going, what? <laughs> this is amazing. This guy is up here astounding us with his magic and you're just not impressed. So look, I'm just going to take the easy approach now. It's going to be an apple on a string, a few coins in a dish and black bags all round. There's too much effort for Halloween for kids that just don't care. That is my view on it this morning. If you experience this, if you've been to a pumpkin patch, by the way, let me know. 086 1800 658. John Legend, all of me and LMFM's 11 to 1. You forgot about the blindfold, twirled somebody around and it's blind man's buff. Yes, yes, blind man's bluff, as I used to say as a kid. Yeah, that was class as well, wasn't it? That was also a Halloween type game. And again, sort of health and safety was sort of nil, wasn't it really, back in the day. Just want to let you know, there was a male German shepherd found on the Termenfecken Road Saturday night slash Sunday morning. So in the early hours, the dog has a silver chain, but no ID on him. So if anyone is missing the dog, um, please give us a shout here. We can put you back in contact with the person that's found them. 0419832000. 0419832000. So male German Shepherd found on the Termenfecken Road on Saturday has a silver chain but no ID. Now, dear Winter, could the experts have found the cure to the Winter Blues? More on this right after the break. The 11 to 1 show. Could the experts have found the cure to winter blues? Well, it seems they definitely have a good solution up their sleeves. More on that after Anne-Marie. Well, your love is worse, worse than cigarettes Even if I had 20 in my hands Oh, baby, your touch, it hurts More than hangovers No, that bottle don't hold the same regret And my mother says that you're bad for me Guess she never felt the high we're on right now And my father says I should run Anne-Marie Shania Twain with Unhealthy. Now, this time of the year can be quite challenging for people, particularly when the clocks go back, which is happening, by the way, this coming weekend. And it is signalling the arrival of winter and gloomy days and longer nights. And yes, it is challenging. But experts may have finally found an answer to the winter blues and it involves having a word with the season itself. So, dear winter, could you ever bugger off and let spring come back? You know, something like along those lines. So, apparently, 7% of Irish adults suffer seasonal affective disorder. And to be honest, I'm surprised it's not more than that because, you know, we really don't see the sun as much as we would like. Now, the weekend was fabulous and you can just see it in everybody when the sun is out like that. It is an instant mood lifter. And I can totally get, you know, quite down about weather, particularly if it's very gloomy and rainy for a long period of time. I can totally feel that sort of, you know, kind of pressure and gloom and kind of that, you know, you need something to just lift the spirits. So seasonal affective disorder or SAD, 7% of us uh, suffer from this, according to the HSE. Many feel more daunted, though, or depressed at the prospect of a long winter ahead. But researchers in the University of Glasgow found, now just stay, stay with this, they found that writing a letter beginning Dear Winter and then telling the season how it makes you feel can actually alleviate feelings of depression. So they say techniques include using candles, going for bracing walks. They are cheap, effective alternatives to sun simulator lamps. A lot of people do this. They buy the sun simulator lamps and they kind of just sit in front of it. Whatever works is what I'm going to say. But what do you think of this? Dear Winter and then telling Winter how you feel basically how the season is making you feel if 
uh, that works. I am all for it. Uh, another idea is to imagine being uh, sitting in a medieval sunroom, a room with large windows found at the top of castles or surrounded by stained glass windows. So sort of visualisation. When it's dark and wintry outside using candles, I love a candle and I know you do too. We had lots of chats about this on the show about it is candle lighting season and you know those ones that you don't light as well? They're the good candles <laughs> and there'd be hell to pay if anyone lights the candle that's a good candle candle that's just for decoration. We had chats about this before. But using candles, mirrors, shiny objects to create more light at home may also help. Other suggestions include sitting by a window and having to work inside probably a lot of us having to work inside and using walks to look up at the sky and note the colours. So this guy, uh, or sorry, this this lady, Professor Hester Parr of the University of Glasgow said, instead of thinking about how grey and dark it might be, people can count the colours in the sky and notice how the light is changing or breaking through the clouds. The idea is to maximise light whenever possible and maybe go uh, to all these kind of autumn and winter festivals celebrating light. There's one festival of light that's going to be coming to Drogheda as well uh, starting at the weekend actually and running for the next little while in November so things like that Halloween as well you know lighting up the jack-o'-lanterns all that kind of thing so all of these tips are in a book called Light is a Right A Guide to Wintering Well and researchers are also offering a free online cognitive behavioural therapy course it's called Living Life to the Full and it aims to help those with seasonal affective disorder. So that project is going to be launched October 28th at the Glasgow University. But that's very interesting. Writing a letter to winter. Dear winter, telling it how you feel. It's supposed to cure the winter blues. Would you try it? My love. Now talking about winter, this time of the year, there's an awful lot of different myths going around when it comes to our health. So from loading up on vitamin C, avoiding going outside and wondering whether or not alcohol counts towards your daily fluid intake. Dietitian nutritionist Dr. Mary McCreary is going to sort the fact from the fiction on how to support proper gut health this winter. We're going to join Mary next. The days are getting colder and soon the nights will be getting a lot longer and many of us adopt different lifestyle habits to help us stay healthy throughout the winter months. But with so much conflicting advice on how to look after your well-being, it can be hard to sort the fact from the fiction. But help is at hand. I'm delighted to be joined now with dietitian nutritionist Dr Mary McCreary. She's here to dispel the most common misconceptions around staying healthy this winter. Thanks so much for joining us, Mary. Good morning and thank you very much for having me on. Great to have you uh, on the programme. Now, Mary, there's so many myths out there around health and well-being, particularly when it comes to cold and flu and all that sort of stuff. I hear an awful lot about that at this time of the year and particularly that we should be increasing our vitamin C. And in fact, just this morning, I squeezed so many oranges for the family and I will put, I, I will start doing this. I'll start squeezing oranges, eating grapefruit, all that sort of stuff at this time of the year. Is that right? Tell me it's not in vain. Oh, definitely not in vain. And well done for doing it because, you know, there, there are so many myths both all year round about what is right for our health and nutrition. And it's what in my profession we call um, Nutri-Babble in that, you know, there is so much misinformation. But looking at your vitamin C, like our requirement for vitamin C is about 60 milligrams a day, which is what you're going to get in your in your one glass of orange juice. So you're talking there about squeezing away for your family. I think that's a brilliant idea that you did that and that you continue on to do that because you don't need to be taking vitamin, vitamin C supplements because you can just get it in your glass of orange juice. Um, in addition to that, then, we do have a, a requirement for vitamin C during the winter and in, in, because we live in the Northern Hemisphere. The sun doesn't, it's too low in the sky for us to be able uh, to get the sun's rays to actually absorb the vitamin D from the sun. So we are recommended by the Food Safety Authority of Ireland to actually take a vitamin D supplement every day. Now, we can get it in some uh, foods like oily fish, so Mm -hmm. salmon, liver, so you could make some liver pate, uh, red meat and eggs. But we also have fortified foods. Um, which are going to be sort of things like breakfast cereal and Yakult balance. Now, this is a campaign that is run by Yakult to make us more aware 
of our winter gut health because as you know people are becoming more aware about the role of our gut health in our overall health as well and contrary to what people believe um, instead of having our immune cells in our nose and our throat 70 percent of our immune cells actually reside in the gut so oh, that's why it's okay. so important that yeah. we work on our gut health because that's where your immune system is really going to start off okay yeah a lot of people might not realize that that's really interesting so 70 percent that's quite a lot and as you say yakult is very much promoting this at the moment which is very very important so you know a lot of us you know like i say i'm topping up the vitamin c which is good to, to hear i do take a supplement uh, myself for vitamin d because i'm a celiac so i need to be taking that the whole time as well so the vitamin d is always kind of on my right, radar yeah. as well um but how can we be you know yeah. looking after the gut then what foods are going to be really good for our gut health well a wide combination of foods obviously we during the winter we want to keep up the consumption of fruits vegetables and high fiber foods um so, you know, people feel that during the winter that they, that, you know, that frozen vegetables are not as good as fresh vegetables, but nutritionally they actually are as good as fresh vegetables. So use your frozen vegetables, but use other things like in my smoothie every day, I use a touch of fresh ginger and, um, you know, using garlic in your cooking, obviously, um, believe it or not, turkey um, has a mineral called selenium, which is um uh, very effective in in, uh, in our immune system and dark chocolate you're getting your antioxidants oh, in there as well Mary so that's the key one now I'm, <laughs> I'm loving that you brought chocolate into this <laughs> that's the one you heard that's the one you heard the dark chocolate that's, that's a funny yeah absolutely yeah um, so, but it, it is it, it, it's very important to get we get a wide wide balance of our diet during the winter, um, but certainly keeping up that fruit and veg and the high fiber foods. That's really good. And the turkey, I'm a big fan of the turkey as well because of the protein is what I was kind of trying, you know, getting it in there. But that's really good to know that it's it's good for gut as well. So what other, you know, health, so-called health tips, I should say, do you hear at this type of, time of the year that are just actually fiction, really? Right. OK. Well, first of all, you need to keep on drinking your fluids. Mm. Um, and again, because it's cold and wet outside, we tend not to, to maybe think that we need the fluid as much as we actually do. But as a nation of tea drinkers, you should be having about six to eight cups of fluid a day. Now, your tea counts towards that. It doesn't have to be water. Your orange juice will count towards that. It, you know, people have this idea that it, it, water is what you should be drinking. But you can drink absolutely anything now. It doesn't include alcohol. But <laughs> certainly anything else can be, can, can be included there. Oh, and that's as I say, your, your cups of tea. But... Yeah, exactly. Very important. But we also need to keep up the exercise because the exercise helps the transit of food through your digestive system, okay? And that's going to support your gut health and that's then going to support your immune health. So even though it might only be a 10-minute walk up the road or back down the road again or using your bike to go to the shop, you know, any type of exercise, any exercise is better than no exercise. So even though it might be very cold outside, try and get out there because it's also the exercise is going to give you the feel good hormones as well Mm -hmm. so it's going to improve your mood so you know your mental health as well as your physical health as well as your gut health they're all so interconnected we do need to keep a routine as much as we can during the winter fantastic yeah because so many people they just you know they kind of get put off going outside when it's that bit colder but absolutely going outside in the cold is not going to actually give you a cold isn't that it that's right, absolutely. You know, you have to get out there and exercise. And obviously, the fitter that you are, it is going to obviously help with your immune system as well, getting lots of sleep, mm-hmm. keeping a balanced diet, um, you know, n- not just not just eating all the wrong, you know, the wrong foods and too much food and too much alcohol. You know, it's try and keep that, that routine as going as much as you possibly can and looking after your overall health. It's not about having to take loads of supplements or, you know, having to do this or having to do that. It's just normal day-to-day common sense about making sure you get your vitamin D get your vitamin C, wide variety of fruits and vegetables, plenty of sleep, plenty of exercise, plenty of fluid, 
um, and it's all working towards improving your gut um, health. That's great to hear. And I'm glad you brought up sleep as well, because I think people don't realise how much of an impact that sleep can have on the likes of our diet, which, you know, it's kind of like a domino effect. If we're not getting enough sleep, it's not, you know, we can carry weight sometimes as well. And it can kind of, you know, have a knock on effect then health wise. So sleep, huge, hugely important. I mean, look, at you know, again, I'm one of these ones that it's a great uh, advocate for sleep and I've, half the time it's like trying to get to bed early is, is tricky getting to bed by 11 though is is sort of a, a good sort of time I think for a lot of people particularly during the week absolutely and keeping that routine that's the most important thing that even though you might have a little bit of a lie on over the weekend like you don't stay in bed till lunchtime or anything like that because yeah. your 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 um circadian rhythm with your sleep is going to be disturbed if you do that and your gut bacteria thrive on routine as well and so it's so important to have your little bit of a lie in but try and keep your routine as much as you possibly can and sleep is extremely important and you know there has been a huge uh, link between your gut health your gut bacteria and your sleep so it really is important because it reduces the stress hormone cortisol. So, you know, that's really important as well to, to not be staying in bed the whole time during the winter. And, and you mentioned stress there that, you know, absolutely has a huge impact on overall health and well-being. I mean, it really stress and being too stressed and being too sort of hectic as well it can actually lead to us feeling run down and, and maybe getting sick. Absolutely, indeed. And that's where that exercise comes in, that you're still keeping up an exercise routine. As I say, it's kind of, walking is as good as exercise as mm-hmm. anything, that you're walking, you're eating well, you're sleeping well, you're keeping up with your fluids, and you're looking after your gut health as well. All of those are going to combine to help you manage stress a little bit better. Um, and then, you know, mindfulness can be a great way yeah. to manage stress. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a big advocate for for meditation and and mindfulness. Absolutely. Is there anything else then that you would love us to take on board this winter season, Mary? Um, I think probably the connection, I think the one learning bit would be the connection between your gut health and your immune system and your overall health. And for anybody that's looking for any extra information, Mm -hmm. you can get it on on yakko.ie and they have a whole winter gut guide. That is fantastic. Well, thank you so much for debunking an awful lot of those winter health myths, Mary. It's been lovely having you on the show. Not at all. You're very welcome. Thank you. Yakult.ie if you want more information about winter gut health. Fantastic to get all of that information from Mary there. Now we're going to be going back to the 50s, an iconic cartoon popping up in the Northeast Update. And I've got a great throwback song from 1995 on the way. The 11 to 1 show. A cartoon about little blue creatures makes its debut. That's popping up in the Northeast Update right after Joan Osborne. Joan Osborne, one of us. More great throwbacks like that at 3.30 today with Eddie Caffrey on the cruise. Now it's time to go back in time. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this day, the Smurfs first appeared in their cartoon in 1958 and then in their own movie The Smurfs and the Magic Flute. That was 19 19- 1976, Hanna-Barbera Productions then produced a widely popular cartoon series in the 80s, which ran then till 1990. And then Sony Pictures went on to release the first live action computer, computer animated Smurf film in 2011. And today is Snow Leopard Day. The first Snow Leopard Day was on 23rd of October in 2014. Main purpose of the day is to show the importance of snow leopard conservation and raise awareness about this incredible animal and also take measures to stop poaching. So Snow Leopard Day today. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Sinead Brazel on LMFM. There's 
Heart with Alone. News at 12 is approaching, but still to come from tantrums to uncontrollable sobs. Melissa Moore, play therapist, is back with us with advice on how to help kids manage big feelings. Plus, Louth Doggy is crowned Ireland's top modra. The 11 to 1 show. A one-year-old fur sensation hailing from County Louth has been crowned Ireland's top madra. More after Sam Smith. You're listening to LMFM's 11 to 1. Sam Smith, I'm not the only one. Now, there is only one Ireland's top madra and she hails from County Louth and her name is Victoria, the charismatic Chow Chow. Yeah, after sifting through hundreds of entries, tallying thousands of votes, the crowned champion of Ireland's next top madra, I love the name of that competition, is none other than Victoria. So she's a one-year-old first sensation hailing from RD County Louth and she fearlessly triumphed over a strong pack of contenders showcasing unmatched grace and style to, secu- to secure the coveted title. So she was recognised for her outstanding achievement and her proud owners Malcolm Poulis and Kevin Coyne were with her and they now have a year's supply of top quality supplements and pet nutrition ensuring that she remains in great health and um, Apparently, Kevin and Malcolm referred to her as their diva, emphasising her love for the spotlight and her enthusiasm for showbiz. So they say she does whatever she wants, whenever she wants to. When she goes into the ring or knows she's part of a show, she is on parade. Apparently, the couple have 14 dogs at home in RD. 13 of them are chow chows. And uh, Kevin said they started adding to their family after adopting their first dog, Cara, uh, way back uh, when. And now they have uh, breeding chow chow chows in their kennels. So there you go. Victoria, the charismatic chow chow, Ireland's top modra. Now from local news to celebrity news. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Max. Saturday Night Live was back over the weekend with Bad Bunny as host and musical guest. Lady Gaga made a special appearance to introduce Bad Bunny live on stage. Here's how it went. Ryan Reynolds had a comedic take on SAG-AFTRA's Halloween costume guidelines. He says that he looks forward to screaming scab at his eight-year-old all night. She's not in the union, but she needs to learn. Alan Carr is now a judge on a new ITV reality show looking for singers for the Mamma Mia musical. It kicked off over the weekend. Alan thinks he'll be the fourth dad in the next movie. I've got a plot twist though. Judy's going to put me as the dad in the next one. That is a exclusive just for you. Can you imagine the outrage and people leaving cinema? <laughs> well, I'll only do it if the script is right. And me and Cher, I think. People want to see that on the big screen. That's The Buzz. I'm Max. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. People do want to see Cher and Alan Carr on the big screen. Absolutely bring it on. Fantastic. More showbiz news a little bit later on with Eddie Caffrey. Now back to the music. Here's Belinda Carlisle. Belinda Carlisle, leave the light on. Is she mad? There's an energy crisis. The bill will be through the roof. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant one from her. Now, we're going to be continuing our focus on children's mental health. And today, from tantrums to uncontrollable sobs, our kids do express a lot of big feelings. But how can we manage them? More details on the way. The 11 to 1 show. We are continuing our focus on children's mental health and today it's tantrums to uncontrollable sobs. Children do express a lot of big emotions, but how can we help them manage these feelings that can be very overwhelming? Well, play therapist Melissa Moore from MySpace Play Therapy in Delique is back with us to discuss. You're very welcome back. How are you getting on? Hi, Sinead. Thanks for having me back. Great to have you. Now, I think it was when the kids hit about two and it was like batting down the hatches. Here comes the tantrums and the bawling. Is
is that the sort of right age that we see all of these big emotions being expressed in a big way? Oh, the big emotions come all the way up. And even before that, it's just probably there's more verbal capacity, <laughs> I suppose, <laughs> around about the age of two. And let me tell you, I've been through three teenage years they don't stop. No, they don't. The teenagers <laughs> are the same. Absolutely the same. Uh, but, like, you know, they can be sort of like ticking time bombs. As you mentioned, it can happen sort of at any age, even if it's if it's teenagers. Anything can sort of set them off. So when we talk about big emotions, are we talking about like extreme anger, extreme sadness? Is that what we're, we're meaning when we, we describe big emotions? No, I don't think so. I think we all have big emotions regardless of our age. You know, it's... It's that anxious feeling or the anger or just the overwhelm. Sometimes it can be sadness, you know, if there's been something particular has happened. Um, but all children and all adults go through big feelings. It's just about trying to teach them how to manage them, how to cope with them, because they're not born with the ability to do that. It's up to us as parents to show them how to do it. And I think a lot of us would have expected like three and four and five year olds Calm down, go away and calm down, you know, and we expect them to be able to do that. They actually can't. They have to, we we have to what's called co-regulate with them, mm-hmm. which means literally sitting beside them, showing them how to calm down for want of another better word, um, you know, reassuring them that they're okay. So they need one calm adult to be with them when they're going through one of those episodes and they only start getting the skills to co- to self-regulate around about the age of seven and eight. Okay. Yeah, okay. And, and they're only starting to get it. Okay. Yeah, so that's, key, yeah, that's the key word, <laughs> starting. Um, yeah, so, that, so it's really down to us as the calm adult, as much as we can stay calm. Yes. To show them how to do it. Yeah, because as you mentioned, our little guy is seven. So normally if we have denied him something or have we, you know, corrected him on something, we will get a big outburst of anger mm. sometimes. And we, if we're holding a toy or something, that could be flung now onto the ground or whatever. Or there could be a slam of a door. So all of this is this big, I'm annoyed with you. And then sometimes... As an adult, as the parent, you can kind of go, you can go more on them with the anger of don't don't be doing this, that, the other. What should we do in that sort of scenario when there's stuff being thrown and things like that? So I think it's important to look at it from from a development perspective. So it's very normal for a seven year old to do those kind of things. And it's I suppose it's where we put our bar of expectation. You know, so the first question is, is this normal? I'm expecting too much. Children don't have the capacity to say, "Mom, stop, I'm angry before I throw this toy on the floor. Don't expect that because that's just not going to happen. The first thing that we need to do is we need to tune into our own feelings, our own emotions. They're hitting our buttons and most of us will probably feel that kind of sensation rising. I know myself, my cheeks get really hot and, Mm. you you know, and that's when I know I'm getting angry. But there was a piece of research done by a a lady called Dr. Jill Bolt uh, and she said, the 90 seconds after an incident, you will dictate, your response to that incident will dictate whether it's escalated or de-escalates. So really the first thing is to tune into your own feelings, acknowledge what's going on for yourself in order to be able to try and calm yourself. So it might be that you take a big breath or sometimes what I like to advise is if it's safe to do so, even just to turn your back Mm. for like a split second just to compose yourself and, and just breaking that even just breaking the eye contact with the child can actually help you to, to calm. So that's the first thing. So this, so we work off something, well, play therapists work off something called the ACT model. Yeah. So A stands for acknowledge the feeling. So Johnny, I can see you're really mad. Yeah, communicate the boundary is the C. So I can see you're really mad, but it's not okay to hit your sister or mm. throw the toy or whatever it is. And T is to target something inappropriate, an appropriate behaviour. So if you feel like you need to shout, you can go up to your bedroom and shout or you can go out into the back garden and shout. The key is that you're putting limits on it. You're acknowledging how they're feeling because what we don't want is for them to suppress that feeling and to push it down. Yes. Because that leads to other things. And there's a, there's a phrase that I often hear called suppression leads to depression. Mm. So we want that big feeling out, but we need to teach our kids how to do it in an appropriate manner. I yeah. love that act. Okay, yeah. so the acknowledgement, then the communication, and then kind of targeting the the boundary. So yeah, that's, that's give fantastic. Them, give them an alternative. The T is to give them an alternative way of getting that out. Okay, because yeah. often what I'll see after as well. So after I've had a chat with my son, say about his inappropriate behaviour, he might go off and then he'll start. 
muttering away under his breath about how unfair and how unjust mm. things are. Is that again sort of a normal situation or is that now kind of unresolved with him? Should they have been doing more to kind of put his mind at ease that what had happened it's not acceptable. We've talked through it kind of thing. It depends when you do it, Sinead. Yeah. In the middle of those one, in the, in the middle of one of those moments, I suppose, the, when they're having that big feeling, there's literally no point in you having a discussion with them. Okay. There's no point in you telling them to calm down or why did you do that or don't do this because actually, physically what's happening in the brain is that the, the logical part of the brain has shut off for children. Okay. So they literally can't hear you. So they're living in the fight, fight or freeze mode and also to point out a child's brain doesn't stop developing until about 25. So that logical part really hasn't developed properly. So what you do is when they're having one of those big outbursts, you sit with them, you sit beside them, physically beside them. You might put your hand on their lap or their hand on their shoulder, whatever your child will, I suppose, will allow. Um, and it's just about being physically with them. And you might say things like, I know it's OK, I'm going to be here with you. When it's over, you can come over to me. It's okay, you're safe. So just those reassuring words, not getting into what has just happened. Yeah. Because back to that 90 second rule, you're probably going to escalate the situation by getting into, into what has just happened. So you allow them to come back down. They might You might offer them a hug. Yeah. Depending on the situation, you might not be able to sit beside them. You might need to sit on the other side of the room. Just, I was just going to say <laughs> now, what about if you can't even look at them? Because yeah. they've just done something yeah. that you're like, oh. Oh, you're liable to get something lobbed at you. Yeah. So it, it's it's about being as close as you physically can be mm-hmm. within safety, I suppose, as well, but also acknowledging your triggers. Yeah. Do you know, so it might be, so in that particular situation, it might be they're sitting on the sofa and you might be sitting at the doorway. Yes. But they can see you. Yeah, and you're still giving that reassurance in terms of your voice. Um, yeah, because if you think of back in the day, it was like, I can't even look at you now, just, you know, get out of my sight. And that can happen today as well, particularly depending on the behaviour that has, you know, escalated mm. or annoyed you or particularly if you've warned about behaviour over and over again. But in terms of that, even that expression of I can't even look at you, go away, uh, not the best yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and it goes back to what we talked about one of the other days in terms of their self-esteem. It's yeah. the message they're getting from that. So it's best just to, to do that. And afterwards, obviously, obviously have that reflective conversation in terms of what happened there. You were really mad what can we do differently the next time? Yeah. You know, and get them involved in the process rather than you telling them what to do. And I says that's one of the reasons we don't advocate for timeouts anymore. Yes, that was a big thing and yeah. the naughty step and the timeouts. Yeah, so th- like, look, there are parents that probably still do adopt this, but, you know, what's your view on the likes of that then? I suppose, so it's that, you know, usually it would be go sit on the stairs or mm. go up to your room or... Um, you know, and I'm not going to criticise any parent yeah. for adapting whatever works for them. But I think that's how most of us were brought up, I yeah. suppose. And now it's a new generation and we're learning lots of new things and we're learning lots of new research, especially in neuroscience. So I think it's when you know better, you can do better. Yeah. Um. So, yes, I don't like to do it because what you're doing is you're shaming mm-hmm. a child and you tell them to go away from you like that. I can't be near you. I, you know, I can't look at the side of you. You're getting on my wick. I don't want to help you through this big feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's not okay to have this feeling because I'm going to get punished and I'm going to be put by myself. In those big feelings when children are displaying them and those behaviours, what they actually need, they need us. What they're looking for is the connection. Okay. They're not looking to annoy us or to be bold. Mm-hmm. They need that connection. And that's their way of getting it for themselves is through their behaviours. Everything they do, Every single behaviour they communicate to us is there's an underlying unmet need. Yes, and they're trying to they're trying to get us to see that. I suppose so. It's about us being able to take that breath and step back and say, okay, what's going on here? Okay, he's tired, or he he wants a hug, or you know he needs my attention to, to help him with something or whatever it is. So if we can if we can take that split second to step back and actually figure that out, we're going to make much better progress and we're going to get cooperation and we're going to have less of those big feelings. Um, We don't want to isolate our kids because that leaves them to manage those big feelings by themselves and there's no co-regulation in that which is where they learn how to how to manage it. Fantastic and something that I see kids doing a lot as well is after a scenario like that is they might act out what, what has happened with the mm-hmm. toys. Is that something that for them just kind of again sort of making sense of what's just occurred? That's what I see all the time in the playroom, in the play therapy room, Sinead. Toys are children's words, essentially. And that's exactly what they do. They play it out. 
they process what's happened. Then you might see them process and what they could do differently the next yeah. time. Um, and you would always see that in, in children's behaviour. So if you're seeing that at home, step back and actually just just watch mm. and see what's happening and allow that to happen. Um, you know, and, and you'll see children working things out with their toys regardless of what's going on. You know, everything that's in the news of late, you might yes. see that coming up well, in, in toys as that's, well. That's something we discussed before, I recall. Back in COVID, we were talking about mm. how kids acted out that, absolutely. And sometimes you'll see You'll hear your own words, exactly what you've said, acted out with the dolls as well, which is kind of a good mirror to ourselves as well to see how our words yeah. are landing with the kids. Absolutely. My my daughter used to do that all the time with, with the dolls. You know, things were, mm. were acted out mm. that way. Absolutely. Um, now, uh, in terms of, say, um, you know, kids maybe with additional needs and big feelings is another big challenge, I suppose, for them. Is there is it the same rules apply or are there different approaches that regard? Not really. It's pretty much the same, Sinead. You know, it it, it is, you know, adaptable to each child, but the language will be the same Mm -hmm. and the responses will be the same um, because we're trying to get children to recognise those big feelings coming. So it might be, you know, that when you, you you know, sometimes by the look of your child when they come in, what the mood is going to be like. So it's about kind of naming that feeling for them. So it's called emotional literacy. So it's, it's really useful on a daily basis for parents to name the feeling that they're seeing their child regardless of whether they've got additional needs or not. So it might sound something like, gosh, I can see you're, you're a bit tired today because you're, you know, you're snapping at me or, you know, you look like you're in a bad mood because your your head is down to the floor or I can see you're clenching your fists. So you're naming the feeling, but you're linking it to the behaviour that tells you that feeling mm-hmm. because an awful lot of children haven't got the capacity to put that together just yet. Yeah. So they're relying on us to tell them. But... Here's the thing, if you can if you can get in there with that really early on, so, you know, when you just get a glimpse of that behaviour trying to sneak in, you are within a good chance of actually being able to de-escalate something or prevent something happening before it actually happens. Okay, um, useful for when a child decides to have a tantrum, say, yeah. in the middle of a shopping centre. That's the one that will strike the fear into any parent I think when they start having an absolute wobbler yeah. in, in public and the, and some of them really go for it like they'll throw themselves on the ground this kind of stuff so how can we sort of help in that scenario and try and kind of I suppose block out whatever everyone's judgmental oh stares in the supermarket and that's what it is I think yeah. we've all been there haven't we more than once I'd say um, but yeah it, it's about going back to those few things I think the hardest thing as a parent is, is actually just to put the blinkers on and not actually yeah. see anybody or hear anybody else it is about acknowledging which your child oh you're really mad because mommy won't let you buy that chocolate bar or the crisps I know it's really hard isn't it you're acknowledging you're validating their feelings mm-hmm. but you're not giving in that's and the key thing isn't it absolutely yeah, because yeah. you're going to have that same scenario the next day and the next yes. time you're in the shop Sometimes, depending on the child, it can be that you're you're lifting them up and you're you might rock them or you might tap them on a the back. All of that is co-regulation. Even if you think back to having a baby, mm. what you're doing is rocking it back and forth, and and that rhythmic movement is really really soothing for kids. Okay. And it's usually those it is usually those younger children that you know. It, I mean, if they're seven or eight or nine, you can't obviously lift them, and, and get, mm. but you can you can get down at their eleven and you can give them a hug. Yeah, you know, and and you can let them cry it out and just yeah, I know it's really hard, and just re- repeating that it's mm. really hard. I know you're really upset. You really want that chocolate, mm. but we're going home to get our dinner. Yeah, you know, so you're so you're not just saying be quiet. I don't want to hear you. It's not happening because actually what's happening that ninety second rule is gone. You've yeah. you've escalated the situation already, and you've got no chance of coming back down quick. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's just about going back to that. It's about naming the feeling and empathise and validating how they're feeling. But yes, we're not giving in. We're not giving in. That is it. And I, I look at I know it's easier said than done. Sometimes in that mm. scenario, you're like, just get the chocolate, right? Okay. But I totally understand you. Absolutely. So is there any other advice then that you'd like parents to know when it comes to managing big feelings like this? Yeah, I, I think one of the big things for me, I suppose, is the anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, and I, that is a really big feeling. And it's a yes. scary feeling for children. And, and the only way to deal with anxiety really is to go straight down the middle of it, you mm-hmm. know, it is not to avoid those scenarios that might be triggering, but actually to go head on into them. Yeah. Um, Because if we don't put our children in those situations, 
they're never going to face them and, and we can't wrap them up in cotton wool forever either, you know. Yeah. But but it's about having those, it's about acknowledging again, you know, I know this is really scary for you, but I know you can do it. Yeah. I have full faith in you. I know you're going to do it. I'm going to be right here beside you to do it with you. So so those kind of things, a, a lot of it is really about naming the feeling and validating it for the children um, and knowing that they're there. I mean, they only need one good enough parent Um. And, and and I suppose parenting is is difficult, is really difficult, and I think it's probably more difficult. And I suppose I'm, I'm going to give you one little insight that was really useful for, to me as a parent. Yeah, there is what we call uh, this one third rule. So if we split our time into three one thirds, one third is where we get it good enough. So and good enough, not okay. perfect. So with a good enough parent, the second one is where we rupture our relationship. So you know, when we've had that falling out with a child or somebody gets, we get mad at them or they get cross with us or whatever. And the third one is repair. So you're repairing that relationship. So we only need to be good enough a third of the time okay. when we're parenting. That's so comforting to hear because <laughs> yeah. in this world of, you know, perfect social media parents, it can be a bit draining. Yeah, absolutely. But those perfect social media parents don't exist. Yeah. They don't. We don't get a book. I like, I'm learning as a parent continuously. Every day we mess up and we learn and we move on. Mm. You know, it's about acknowledging that we don't have to be perfect. And I think for parents, the whole element of self-care is yeah, crucial. crucial. And we don't give it enough credit. We really, really don't. But even going back to what I said at the start, if we're not in tune with our own feelings, if we haven't looked after ourselves, we can't respond effectively to our child. And that's what you want. You want to be a responsive parent not the reactive one, mm-hmm. you know, who's shouting and screaming at our, at our children because that can do more damage, you know, if it's on, if it's an ongoing thing. Um, and don't feel too guilty or too hard. Don't give yourself such a hard time. If you do let a roar, yeah, you know, or if you yeah. do say the wrong thing, we are only human. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. Yeah. You know. Well, Melissa, as always, thank you so much for all of that fantastic advice. If people want more information, myspaceplaytherapy.com and you can also find Melissa on social media as well. The 11 to 1 show. Shania Twain, man, I feel like a woman. Couple of questions actually that I've just noticed. I'm so sorry for Melissa Moore in 86 658 And that is good because we are going to be doing a regular series with Melissa where she's going to answer your questions. So if you do have questions about parenting, you can get in touch with us 86 658 and Melissa will answer them on the show. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes backed by Gosh Energy. Replace your old inefficient gas boiler with Local Heroes. Visit localheroes.ie PCI Pharma requires general operators to join their production team at their City North facility in Stamullen. Day shift and night shift available. To apply, please email careers-dub at pci.com Don't forget all the details of those jobs can be found in our local job section on lmfm.ie LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes backed by Gosh Energy for gas boilers, heat pumps and electric vehicle charge point installation. Visit localheroes.ie Walking on cars, speeding cars and LMFM's 11 to 1. Ireland's favourite girl next door is back for another great series on Virgin Media tonight. All the details on the way and music from Dua Lipa. The 11 to 1 show. There's a big night in Clarehead on Friday. The Drada Mel Voice Choir with David Leddy are going to perform their first concert in Clarehead with a special night in aid of the Clarehead Lifeboat and Cali's Town National School. So it's happening this Friday, October 27th at 7.30pm in Cali's Town National School Hall. Tickets are flying out. So those of you wishing to attend the concert, you need to book your tickets now so you can get them at the school. Uh, they are going to be on sale there on the 26th from 1.30 to 3.30pm or you can give Siobhan a call. She's on 086 8568283 so 0868568283 so happening this Friday night in Kelly's Town National School at 7:30 p.m. <laughs>
movie Dua Lipa Dance the Night. Speaking of movies, I did go along to see Martin Scorsese's new film, Killers of the Flower Moon, on Friday. Three and a half hours. Don't let that put you off. I promise you will not feel the three and a half hours. Absolutely brilliant film set in the 1920s and it features, focuses really on members of the Osage Native American tribe in Oklahoma. They are murdered after oil is found on their land and then there's an FBI investigation. That's literally it in a nutshell in terms of the plot, but it's absolutely fantastic, stunning, stunning piece of work. If you're heading to the cinema, that is the one that I would recommend. Now, if you're staying in tonight, our favourite girl next door, Lucy Kennedy, is back. It's the first episode of All New Living with Lucy at 9pm on Virgin Media 1. And she is going to be back living with Simon Gregson, a.k.a. Steve McDonald from Coronation Street. So... Simon is taking Lucy behind the scenes of the famous cobbles of Corrie. They re- re- uh, reminisce about his character, about his relationship woes on the set, all that kind of stuff, and how it felt growing up in the limelight as a young 14-year-old boy. He also reveals his house is haunted and she worries that she'll become acquainted with the lady in white. And also he's a big car enthusiast. So Simon takes Lucy to a motor show where she helps auction off his Porsche. So it's going to be a great episode tonight, 9pm Virgin Media 1. That is my lot of the show for today. Thank you to the guests and to you for your company. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll chat to you tomorrow. Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt. Choose from our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt, the best in motoring here for you. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.